Yo, 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 what up? It's Rondell, a.k.a. King Ronda Don, and you are now tuned in to Soul Society 101, the podcast. Yo, 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 it's King Ronda Don, recording live from Los Angeles. <laughs> we out here, man, in La La Land, um, my second home. I be out here like three, four times a year for the past like 10 years. I be low-key thinking about moving, but we're going to get to that in a minute. But yeah. before we talk about that, I want to introduce our guest today. Um, my homie, you know what I'm saying? My homie Emil, we go back like, what we go back like? Man, it's, I think it's 07. Okay. Around there. That's like real friendship in, in 2017. Friendships don't be lasting like that and shit. You right. You right. <laughs> anyway, my, my boy Emiliano Styles, uh, multimedia artist, you know, he be doing video, he be doing photo, he be doing... Some music on a low low. Yeah, word. Welcome, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for doing the podcast, man. Soul Society 101, the podcast. Hey, we out man. here. It's an honor, man. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. So, um, like I said, we out here in, in L.A. This guy, Emil, that made uh, what some would call the power switch from New York to L.A. Oh, okay. But talk, talk to me a little bit about how you got to this point. So, you started in Ohio, yeah? Yeah, man, I'm just recently claiming Ohio. <laughs> what do you mean, just recently claiming? <laughs> I mean, I was born there, um, but I don't. I, I never really liked Ohio, really. Okay. Like I like what part of Ohio? Uh, Columbus. Okay. So I really liked, you know, my family and my friends there, of course, and my church family and first church. Shout out to them and the East Side, all that. But as far as like my life and my career path and just like my dreams and aspirations, I knew I couldn't do what I wanted to do there. So I always say that Ohio was a good place to be from. Okay. Not stay. Okay. You know what I mean? So you you learned that early on. I learned it very early. I knew from very early that I wanted to uh, leave Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So you you basically told the parents, you was like, oh, it's, we out. It was your decision. Yeah, it was. <laughs> because you know, you know what was wild is because I had uh, scholarships in, in all these schools in Ohio that mm-hmm. I could have went to school for free. Okay. I like Ohio State, Cincinnati, Dayton, uh, Wright State. I'm sure they're trying to keep people in the state. Yeah. So they yeah. like, oh, we got to go in here. We're going to keep them. Yeah. I and was, you was I, like, nah. I was like, nah, chill. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, chill. But, um, you know what? What actually got me, because I always felt like it was this allure to New York because there was, first of all, it was the music, hip hop culture, all of that, of course. Mm-hmm. And I was just, oh man, then my sister, she went to. Uh, Wait, what, what time period is this? Let's, let's be clear. Oh, my bad. This is early 90s. Oh, New York in the early '90s was everything. I'm, I'm telling the you, music was music was New York. <laughs> yes, yes, man, yes. And I'm telling you, like my sister was going to Northwestern at the time, 
and her best friend in college was from Brooklyn, Flatbush. Okay. Hey, big yeah. up to Flatbush, man. One yeah. time for Flatbush. So what she did is when she used to come and like visit us in Ohio, and she used to bring back the DJ Clue mixtapes, mm-hmm. the Tony Touch. And all these and all these things. So I was just like, "Oh man, you're so cool. You're from Brooklyn. <laughs> I want to live in New York one day." And da 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 da. And um, then so it was just that allure. So what happened was, I in high school, I went. I, have you heard of AXO? The AXO competition. Mm-mm. So in the BLACP, they do this thing called the Academic, Cultural, Technological, and Scientific Olympics. Okay. So it's basically, you're competing in Categories such as mathematics, dance, poetry, visual arts, whatever. So you compete locally, and if you get first place locally, then you go to nationals. Okay. And uh, they have like a whole award standing. You like first, second place, and third. So I won in the category of poetry. Oh, and that add, add that to the list of uh, <laughs> multimedia arts. My man is a poet. Yeah, low key. Okay, low key. But so, what happened was, so I placed. I, I ended up uh, that year. The, the NAACP National Convention was in New York. Mm-hmm. So I was. That was my first time on an airplane. First time going to New York, and I was surrounded by all these black folks from all over the nation, and it was a precursor to me wanting to go to a HBCU. Gotcha. Because. I saw all these talented and educated and bright and black folks from like Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, uh, Iowa. We got black this. folks in Omaha. Yeah, man. I ain't never been to Omaha, but um, I just assumed it wasn't none, none of us out there. We out there. <laughs> we out there. And then, like, I ended up placing. Well, I didn't place, but I uh, I got in the top five. Okay. Nationally, which is pretty good. And um, you remember what the poem was? Yeah, it was, it was a poem called Just a Poem I Wrote. Okay. And it was a poem in which I personified different elements. So it, it was it was basically a story, but it all rhymed. Mm-hmm. And there was personification. Like, there was a it took place in the classroom, and the class was in the school of hard knocks. So, like, experience, experience was the teacher. Right. Knowledge was the principal. Oh, so you was trying to drop gems on them kids. Yeah. So, okay. it was like... They, they, might like not have, they might not have been ready at the time. <laughs> But Maybe you was trying to, you was trying to let them know what it was. Yeah, man. yeah okay. It, it, it was pretty cool, like jealousies in the class and hate and all the different things. So that was the the poem, and uh, then you know, I went to uh, my parents. They took me to on the college tour, or whatever, and we, we visited Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And we went to we went to Memphis to to the, see the Civil Rights Museum, and we also went to Nashville. And we visited Fisk University and Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. Before you go on, shout out to the Civil Rights Museum. That joint is extra deep, man. Yeah. When man. I visited Memphis, I think two years ago, I was just like, "This is an experience that I don't hear many people talking about, but it's real." Yeah. But anyway, but that, but back to that. Did you go to the to the room? Yeah. Man, I got. Yeah. Chill, yeah. It was a real experience, and I and. Anybody who hasn't been to Memphis, y'all might want to check that joint out. It's, it's definitely worth the trip. And Memphis is a cool city on the low. Like, it don't get low like that. It don't. Memphis is cool. But it's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mess with Memphis. I don't know if you curse. <laughs> <laughs> I mess with Memphis hard, but... <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so I visited Tennessee State, and I remember we were on. Well, this was cool, mm-hmm. but they didn't really have my major, or whatever. So we went to Tennessee State, which is right down the street, and I remember going in. It was the courtyard area, and I saw the Greek step in, and there was a DJ out there. And it was passing out cotton candy and flyers to parties and all this stuff. And I was like, I asked the tour guide, I said, um, what's this event that's, that's going on right here? She said, oh, it's, it's not an event. It's just Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> this could be your life. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? So she was like, yeah, just, you know, it's, we call it Wonderful Wednesdays when it's good weather out we just you know bring the music out and just everyone has a good time look at black people look at black people man black people have a way of just celebrating life even if somebody might not even think you have a reason to celebrate I gotta love black people for that man yes man (laughs) (laughs) you're like it is Wednesday and I'm gonna flourish out here on campus and you're gonna see me you're gonna see me shining (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what happened man so that's what that's so that brought me to Tennessee State. That was, I mean, the social aspect was dope, of course, but you know, I really liked the school and they were good academically. If y'all ain't know, like Oprah went there, so oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Oprah graduated from there. Okay, she was, you know, my same department, communications or whatever. So you're basically Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that is funny. I aspired. I <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So it was a good experience going down south, and it was weird because, like, you know, Midwest to down south, and then I remember going to the my dorm first day, and then this lady was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I was like, "Do I do I know you?" Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Oh, you're not from around here, right? Right? She was right? Like, we speak to everybody down here, so right. it was just like the whole thing getting." accustomed to the southern hospitality which is a real thing yeah and uh yeah man so that was a tennessee state experience you know i abridged i went to temple university and although there were a lot of black people at temple university and i thought i was like okay cool i had like a mini black college experience nah man when i started (laughs) working in marketing and i was doing college chores and i went to like southern state and clark atlanta Mm. and i was like oh this is like a whole different world, like a whole different experience. Yeah. So, um, it's like a yeah, it's, it's like an incubator. It is. It's an incubator, and it and it allows you to just like be great in who you are and just be yourself. Like the the pride that I saw on those kids' faces when I was visiting those schools, and and just the experience of just being around black people and seeing all types of black people like not just one that you might have seen on your block but like every type of black person yeah that's cool man yeah man and it's just I just feel like it's always a celebration at the HBCU it is man and and though we talk talk smack about other HBCUs it's still love mm-hmm. like when I see people go the Howard I got a lot of friends with the Howard Hampton wherever uh, A&M and we talk smack, but it's still all love because yeah. it's still like a HBCU family, and and you know it, it's it's just like it's really really dope, man. It's a really cool experience. Word. So from there, oh yeah. So during this time, also uh, I went to I started college at uh, seventeen. So. During this time, my family, my father was the only one who was born in 
in Ohio. The rest of my family was born in Georgia, okay. in Atlanta. So a lot of the summers and stuff, I was in Atlanta. I was in South Carolina with family and stuff. So South Carolina, you heard that accent, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina. What accent? Whatever. Do you mean? <laughs> I have no accent. So, so what happened was like during this time. We were in transition to move into Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, to go in there. So while I was in college, we were like also like part. Sometimes I would go to Ohio for holidays. Sometimes I would go to Georgia because they were like in the. My parents were in the transition to go down there, so um, so my, basically my family was based out of Atlanta at that point. By the time I graduated, <clears throat> and um, so after I graduated, I moved back to Atlanta. And I was on my grind, that postgraduate grind, because mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of work with uh, students. So I, during the summers, I was like camp counselor, Upward Bound, Boys and Girls Club, right. stuff like that. So when I graduated, I had this communications degree and I had, you know, I did some short films, some other type of projects. But majority of my professional experience was with kids, right. with, with the youth or whatever. So I ended up working as a, like a, a substitute teacher, and I was also acting in Atlanta. I was doing some stage acting. Some I did a film, and um, what happened was I don't know if I ever told you this, but what happened was no, but I, t- oh, tell me why yeah. you're telling everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, why I started my company because I was like doing my acting thing, and I remember that I was on set. And I was playing this character, and I was supposed to be a killer, and I was, like, smoking weed, and I had a gun, and in the scene, I had to kill someone. Mm. And I was on the set, and I was like, man, I don't want to play this role. You know what I mean? It it was just like, I had, you know, I had, like, a love for theater and and acting. I was like, man, I'm trained. Like, I I was played Macbeth before, and now, not to say that Shakespeare is, like, the standard for what is great theater or whatever, but I just felt like, nah, man, I was like, I don't want to play this type of role. And I was like, if this is how this acting thing is going to go, I don't want a part of it. I would like to provide more opportunities to my people to show more sophisticated spectrum than what was being offered to me. So I was like, so that's why I started my company in Atlanta. So I was doing that. What's then, the name of your company? Oh, Soul Sportation Creative okay. Works. <laughs> I you know, I'm still working on my self promotion. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I started Soul Sportation Creative Works. Uh, me and my sister, she does more of the theater and acting coaching arm and stuff. And I do like more of the, the media, photography, film, and TV stuff. And um, so. Like, I did, uh, I was acting, man. I was, can you imagine? I was in The Wiz. Oh, what part did you play in I, The Wiz? Yeah, I was the Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, because, yo, because the Yellow Brick Road in the, in the, in the stage production, it's, it's a tenor, an alto, and a soprano. And then it's our job to guide Dorothy oh, from character to character. Gotcha. So, this was true. So, you were an integral part of this play. I mean, yeah, I was on stage, uh, like, the whole first act, basically the first right. portion of the of, uh, majority of the first portion of, of the play. So I'm, like, singing and dancing and stuff. And this was directed by Kenny Leon, who is, he did The Wiz on TV. Mm-hmm. So, and did, you know, so he's, like, the Broadway director. Right. He's, right. like, that dude. So he had a theater company in Atlanta. And that's what I did. So I did that. Then I got an opportunity with, um, uh, 
the New York Teaching Fellows, mm-hmm. which was so that's what brought me to New York. I always knew I wanted oh, to go to New York. I never knew that's how you got to New York. Yeah. Okay. So New York Teaching Fellows. So I. I, I did that. I actually kind of like fell out with my parents because they wanted me to stay in Atlanta and just do what I had to do to right. make ends meet while I did other things. But I was like, nah, I was like, I don't like it here. This is not for me. I need to go somewhere where I could really flourish, as right. you always like to say. <laughs> so uh, I had moved to uh, Ohio and then I was working in a, uh, yeah, I was working in for Target. And I was working in, in with, with the uh, unloading the, the trucks. Okay. With with the forklifts and the, you said this is Ohio. Yeah, this is Ohio. So okay. I went back to Ohio, and I was working with the forklifts and everything because my, my, my I man I was in the uh, what do you call it? My pops had bought a car for me in his name, and he was like, "Yo, as long as you stay on Dean's list throughout college." You know, I'll you know I'll get you a car, or whatever, whatever. Just stay on Dane's list, whatever. So when I was like, I want to go to Ohio, he was like, Oh, you could go to Ohio. You ain't gonna hit the car. Yeah, but the car <laughs> gonna stay here. So I was like, All right. So I went to Ohio, grinded it out, man. Working twelve hour shifts, um, six to six. Still tow boots and all that. I love trucks. And then I was going back and forth to New York, like taking my uh, teachers' test mm-hmm. and interviewing with uh, the teaching fellows and stuff. Going to workshops, so I was like driving back and forth. Then they accepted me, and um, that's what got me to New York. Okay. And cool. New York was the dream. New York was the dream. And how long were you in New York? I was in New York for eight years. Okay. Cum- cumulatively. <laughs> <laughs> we had none to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> nah, nah, I didn't. But uh, so what? What was your? Did New York live up to your expectations? It did, man. It just felt like I belong. Mm. I always felt like I belong, and to in this case, it's just like things were just working towards that. Like this is book, The Alchemist. Yeah, you know the part where he's like the universe. The, the universe conspires to work in your favor if it's. The, your purpose, right. I'm paraphrasing, but it says something like that. But everything was just like working out, and I ended up moving. To, it was it was just like everything was where I was even on MySpace, and uh, this chick she had adding on MySpace, and she was from Brooklyn. I was like, oh, you from Brooklyn? Da, da, da. Right. So she was like encouraged me to come MySpace. Wow. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, um, shout out to Regine. Like she was like one of the uh, early encouragers of me to like really think of New York to be tangible for right. me. Um, but that's what got me to New York, man. And then I was started to teach there. I um, was also going to grad school at Pace. And and I was also doing my thing on the side. So I never had stopped doing photography or right. or writing or getting my ideas out or making music. But um, yeah, man, that was my dual life in New York. Yeah, because I met, I met Emil... At the time, my past life, I was managing artists. Yeah. Um, and we were, I think I was like ready to release the music. We had put together an EP, doing a music video. Doing a music video. And Mill did that joint. You know, it was like, I think we did it over like two days or something like that, all in New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we met. And, and I think 
we've we've kind of been in like this same world of like creative people who are trying to just put out dope content, whatever that means. Um, but now let's talk about the great migration because I feel like everybody I know, all my peoples. Dropping like flies, leaving New York, and then coming to the West Side, man. West Side? Cali is active. <laughs> and you only been here like a year or something, but this guy has the L.A. accent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where you hold the eye. <laughs> I've been yeah. all over, man. I'm mixed. My accent is mixed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a great migration, man. So I think a lot of... of Creative people are moving out to LA. I think in the last like three years. Yeah. Um. But what what inspired your move? Man, you know what? What, what initially inspired it was I always like the more I was working in, in 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 New York in TV and film, I always felt that LA was the progressive or in, the inevitable next step right. in my career because it's LA entertainment capital, Hollywood, all of that. So I always felt like, I, but I, I didn't have any desire to move to LA whatsoever. Right. But I just felt like it was a necessity just because of my career path. Right. So I visited LA for the first time, hated it. I was here for a week. I did not like LA. Why didn't you like it? I ain't like LA because it's the vibe, man. Because I, I, I remember I grew up. With that allure and DJ, getting DJ Clue and Tony Touch mixtapes right. and wanting to have that new... So I always had this allure for New York. I never had an allure for L.A. So it just didn't even... I didn't even really consider it. It was just like the vibe is is so different. Yeah, It's so incredibly different. And I don't know. Just when I got out here, it was just like people was just, just chilling and... That's L.A. culture, man. Yeah, it was just chilling, Kicking man. back, I think, was invented in L.A., guy. Yeah. Like, people are... When I mean people are chilling, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the weather and, and it always being sunny, mm. but... Or or some other things that are uh, prominent out in L.A., yeah. but um, people be chilling. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yes. All the time. And, and I have, like... I have a love-hate with L.A. Like, well, one of the... Um, I'm not sure if I told you this, but one of the quotes that really got me, and, and this is, I'm killing the quote. I'm butchering it. Okay. But it's something like the the law of relationships, the 80-20 rule. Have you heard of this before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for all of y'all who haven't heard of it before, the 80-20 rule is when you're in a relationship, the idea is that you get 80% of what you want from one person or thing, and you're always going to crave that 20%. Mm-hmm. So for New York, born and raised in New York, and... I've lived there all my life except college, and I love New York. I love the energy. I love the culture. I love um, that it's just a bunch of creative people just trying to make it, and you feel you feel something when you walk in New York. Yes. Um, and all those things, whether I'm wired to love it or I would have loved it regardless of where I was born, it's just it's just a part of me. Now, what I hate about New York is taking the train mm. and how crowded it is. And you have to, like, really hunt to find nature. Like, you can go to Central Park, which is huge, but it's like you're limited to pockets of nature in New York. Mm. And um, and a bunch of other things. So when I first came out to L.A., I was like, yo, L.A. is the shit. Because you got palm trees and open space, and you drive places, not take the train. And um, people are chill instead of, like, 
pushing you on your way to work or wherever you're going. Yeah. And it's just the the time goes a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, and nature is everywhere. Like it is a city, but every corner you turn is like somewhere to hike or a pond or uh something to climb or something like that. So LA automatically was like, whoa, what is this place? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people fall in love with it. Now the question is do I leave my 80% for the 20%? Right. That's the real question. That's the real question. That's the real... And but, and similar to you, my career, it's not... LA isn't necessarily the perfect next step, but it's easily the next step if I wanted to live somewhere else other than New York for mm-hmm. what I do. So I'm like, uh, I've been going back and forth for a long time, man. But I feel like you're doing it right because... With me, I feel like it was a shorter time window. Because mm. I came for a week, hated it. I came back for two two more weeks, and I, I shot a film out here, and I celebrated my homie's birthday. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see where I fit in out here. Mm-hmm. Then I came out again the next year for three months. Three and then, months? Yeah, I came out here for three months. Okay. And then I was like, I had got a, a job offer, but it wasn't that good of an offer. And then I got a job offer back in New York. Mm-hmm. So I went back to New York. Right. And then... The following year, I came back out here. Because when I went out there for three months, I was after the Sandy, Hurricane Sandy. Okay. So I was like, maybe that's God telling me I need to move <laughs> west. So then I came back out here, one one fourteen, and I've been here ever since. But I, I like how you you use specifics when you're talking about New York and the things that you did in, in, in like Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like L.A. with me is like the intangibles. It's like the, the vibe. Yeah, and it's like for me, it's it's the social thing is lacking, not necessarily lacking, but it takes more of a search. You have to search for. This is my opinion, of course. No, I'm this talking. is a fact. I know what you're about to okay, say. Okay, because <laughs> you, you got to search for the social scene, like you said. You got to search for nature in New York. Yeah, you know what I mean. You got to really be plugged in. You got to really know the, the these people and, and, and where they at. You really got to be plugged in. But right. there's a lot of dope things going on. But it's not as easily accessible as to where when the, when I go back to New York, and I'm in, and I go to New York, I go to one event and I end up at three right. other ones because it's right. just like that's just the way it rolls. It's just like New York, that. you stumble into things in, in L.A. specifically for Black people. I feel like yeah, it's it's hard to find a social scene, and that's one thing I, I would say. As much as I come out here, it's still lacking for me. Like mm-hmm. that would be one of the hardest things for me to adjust to. Yeah, and then the the, the little things that do pop. It's so many people be there that it's not really popping. So right. I don't like we were talking about earlier. I mean before it's like just because it's a really big crowd doesn't mean that it's dope. Right. It's just a whole bunch of people taking up space, but the vibe has to be right. People got to be in sync and in the crowd. Cause I'm at the the Mile High Club. Shout parties. out to Mile High Club, man. Man, it's so crazy. I was in there and I was just like so. I didn't, it, you know. We talked about this online too, didn't we? Yeah, man. But it was just like I was there and I was like drunk and high at the same time, Super Shed paid on the airplane <laughs> there. And I really, it was just like so dope. And I feel like every song that was being played, everyone knew all the lyrics, they all knew all the dances and everything. So the social scene in New York is second to none. Yeah, man. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree. But New York has a way of wearing you out. And that's the thing. Like, true. I, I look at my family sometimes like, yo, my family who's never lived anywhere else outside of the Caribbean, those that I was born there, 
I'm like, yo, y'all could really see yourself doing this for the rest of your life? Like, it's exhausting, man. It is. It is exhausting. It'll beat you down. And I think that's part of why I travel so much because it's like every other month I need to take a break or otherwise I'm going to lose it. Yeah, the pace is just so intense. It's like it's good because there's always something to do. But because there's always something to do, you never stop. You mm-hmm. never stop because you always feel like, yo, well, this is popping, so I got to be there. Yeah. Then you work harder than you ever worked. Then you're like, oh, this is happening after work. So even though I'm getting out of work late, I'm going to just roll through real quick. <laughs> and I'm going to just see. Next thing you know, like you said, you at three, four spots. Yeah. <sighs> One day I'm going to figure it out. Until then, I'm going to just keep popping back into L.A. Might as well. Yeah. I'm going to just keep. I'm gonna just, I, that's the dream, man. If I could be by coastal, if I can live in New York for nine months out of the year in LA the other three months I'll be good yeah. good money right, right. I'm working on making that happen man yeah I know you will but um let's switch it up a little bit so Emil was at my bachelor party weekend mm-hmm. my homies threw me this epic epic bachelor party weekend called Titties and Tacos right. and um in Houston and Houston had an interesting Vibe Houston for all y'all that haven't been there is like it's lit, but what is the what is it Sunday's called? I don't know what is it Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Sunday Fun Day is it. If you go to Houston and you leave Sunday morning afternoon, you fail. Yeah, you have got to be there the full day on Sunday. <laughs> Book your flight to leave on Monday, and it's because I've been there before that I was able to advise my homies like, no, we gotta be like, let's fly out on Monday. Yo, Sunday was so lit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it and was. we hit like three, four <laughs> spots. I think we only left like the scene to like get food and maybe sit down for a second to breathe. But like we was out. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday Funday was live. Sunday was live. It was really live, bro. Yeah, man. So Houston, Houston versus LA. So who got the better Mexican food? Because Houston got the Tex Mex. <sighs> LA has what's called Baja Mexican, which is a little, I think it's milder in like seasonings, I would say. Man, I don't have. I'll, you got to pick. I would, I would have, One or the other. I would have to give right it now. to LA. <laughs> oh, yeah? I had to give wow. it to LA, bro. Wow, wow, wow. As of late. All my H Town people, y'all heard him say LA is winning on, on the Mexican. I don't Sorry, know. Man. Man, the Gusados, the, the, uh, the, the um, Tox, Tacos Mexico. Um, it, it's some night it, and some spots that I don't even know how to pronounce or know where I was <laughs> when I had it. Just like a truck somewhere. Right. Like it's that'd be the best food it's though. So the good, best food bro. just be some random truck. Get me some that you just passing by. You like oh let me see what they talking about. That'd be yeah. the best spots. Yeah man for sure. So how how has your career um, going back to the New York LA conversation? How has your career been impacted from moving out here? Do you feel like you get more work, more consistent work, more of the type of work you like? Um, and again, this being around like um, media, so video, photos, all that stuff. Yeah, the thing about LA that's dope is the weather for shooting. Mm. You can shoot all year round. Like I do a, uh, a series called Crowns and Style. Right. And I shoot that Anytime I want, and it's I only use exterior locations, so I shoot that year round, which right. is great. Then just for like TV, like I feel like it's pretty 
equal work wise, but I feel out in LA is is more pay. Oh, okay. Is is a bit more. I was I started off at a higher rate in LA than I did in the than in New York. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would think it would be the other way around because I guess the cost of living. Yeah. Hmm. You would think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so y'all hear that? Anybody uh, into video and photography? LA might be the move for you. Yeah, because the thing about LA is is so. I mean, New York. There's a lot too, but I think. LA got got New York a little bit, got them a little bit. Okay. As, as far as my experience in working in, in, in TV. Right. Yeah. And then out here also you have the um, I, I was gonna say red carpet, but y'all have events there too. Yeah, I mean, the, part of the reason why I'm out in LA so much is because of the weather for production. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do marketing work and we do like branded videos and stuff like that, it's always easier to shoot out here. Especially in the winter. Yeah. Um, award season. And award season is always out here, so I'm always out here for that. But, um, yeah, man. I'm going to just do this bi-coastal thing, man. Cause it, you might as well. I, I can't. I'm not going to be happy any other way. If I choose one over the other, it ain't never going to work. So, my, my New York, L.A. struggle is never going to end. I'm just going to be in love with two girls. <laughs> two girls. <laughs> um... Coast to coast. I bet you you singing right now sounded real dope with the with the echo on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't front on my vocals, man. So let's talk about international a little bit. So what are what are some of your favorite places that you've been internationally? Uh, you know, my first international destination was Spain. Okay. I hit up Pamplona. I ran with the Bulls, and then Madrid. And also Barcelona. Okay. But, what made you want to go to Spain? Man. Oh, it was, was it was it a project? Well, it was um back then it was me and my production partner, Worldwide Nate. Mm-hmm. We were we, I, I was teaching at the time, so I had summers off. Right. So he was like, yo, where we going? Right. And I was like, man, let's run with the bulls. <laughs> he was like, what? He was like, man, let's do it. <laughs> so uh yeah, man, I don't know. I just I always saw that like on TV, and I was like, "Man, that looks so cool." I heard so much good stuff about Spain, but for some reason, I just—I don't know—it's not on my list. I don't know. Man. Everyone comes back saying positive things about Spain, though. I like Spain except for Barcelona, which I thought would be the opposite because everybody was pumping up Barcelona. What was your favorite part? I like Madrid the best. Okay, this feels like deja vu. I feel like. Yeah, I probably told you about this before. No, like I oh. thought about this before. Oh, okay. This whole okay. setup. Oh, really? Yeah. You believe in Deja Vu? Oh, you mean like Deja yeah, Vu? Like, like real Deja yeah, Vu? Yeah, real Deja Vu. Yo, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it, man? I believe in Deja Vu. I, I do believe What's it when, mean? What do you mean, what does it mean? What does Deja Vu mean? Like on a, deep, on a deeper level? Yes, man. I don't know. I, I tend to believe that it means that you're on the right path or whatever's happening is supposed to happen because you already thought about it. Mm, you don't believe it's like the fourth dimension is like... I can't get that deep into oh, it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get that deep into it. Oh, okay. And I, I remember one time, not everybody believes in deja vu. That's why I asked you if you believe because one time oh, yes. I thought it was normal and I, and I told somebody a similar situation. I was like, yo, I thought about this already. And then I said X, Y, and Z and then you said X, Y, and Z. 
And they were like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> gave me one of those joints. I don't know. I really believe in it. I don't, I don't fully know what it means, but it is crazy when it happens, man. Uh, okay. But, okay, so Spain wasn't actually my favorite. Brazil's my Rio. Yeah. I know you got a love affair with Brazil. Tell me about it. So, man, I, I, Rio to me, it was like New York City energy with L.A. scenery. Oh, really? Yes, man. How you never told me that before? So do I need to be moving to Rio? I, I think so, man. You better get your Portuguese on. Pat Benz. Bon dia. Really? Because, I don't know, man. Just out there and there's this neighborhood called Lapa. And people are just like out. It's the vendors. And people are literally like dancing in the streets. You like you samba in the streets. Right. It, it was. Then you see people who look like you and I. Right. And they're speaking Portuguese. And it was just like all love. We went to uh, Hosinha, which is like one of the largest uh, favelas. Mm-hmm. And when we went there, it was just like all love, man. It was like all love. And it was just like, man, these are my people. Right. They're still part of the diaspora. They just happen to speak another language. And when one boat went right, right. another boat went left. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, man, Brazil, it was just like dope. It was such a welcoming energy and before I went a lot of people talked it up mm-hmm. and I was like yeah chill because I really don't want to have an expectation when I got there it just like fulfilled and surpassed any expectation I thought I could have because it was just like the people were so cool and welcoming and the food was so delicious because they don't put all the, the chemicals and stuff on the food right, too right. and it, it was it was just like such a such a great time man just like dancing just, and, and they have like a more of a night culture there. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, it was just amazing being on. And I'm, I'm not even a beach person, right? And I'm like walking around Copacabana Beach in Ipanema with a coconut in, <laughs> in one hand and a caprina in the other Living hand. Living your life, yo. Wait, what I'm going to do though is show the people how you had your pink suit on. It was, my man, it was my man had a pink suit, killing it out there it in was Brazil. Not pink. Listen, it was not pink. Killing bro. it out there in Brazil. He was like, "Y'all see me? <laughs> Y'all see me in this pink suit?" It was not pink, man. It was no tie, just you know, unbuttoned at the top, real chic, real chic. <laughs> What was it? Salmon? Man, it was. It was like. It was in the family. It was brown. It was like a brown. It was not brown. It was like, bro. a, brown, it was like a tobacco. It's tobacco. You and I are. You oh, and bro. I are brown. It's tobacco. You and I are brown. That suit was in the pink family. Yeah, I wish I had a pink suit. <laughs> I wish I had a pink suit. Like Nas in the street dreams. When man. when I post that drink on Social Society, I want y'all to tell me if his drink is pink or not. Because I say it's pink. They gonna prove you wrong about me. <laughs> But I, I gotta, I gotta make my way out there, man. Please do. I gotta make my way out there, and you're you're trying to work on a project out there, right? Yeah, man. I'm working on a, a feature film, and I'm gonna be shooting it in Rio, and I'm gonna be shooting in Salvador Bahia as well. So we're gonna like really do it up out there. I heard Bahia is like the real. That's where you get the real African connection. Yes. Have you? Did you visit there when you were? I didn't, but I had some like location scouting mm-hmm. videos that were done there. And uh, they were playing the drums in the street, and they like do that like every week. Right. It's like the second it, it, comparable to the second line in New Orleans. Like they'd be in the street, right, playing the drums. Right. Mm. Yeah, I heard the connection. The African connection there is super strong. Like the food, the music, the even part of the language. And um, 
religion too. Like a lot of the religious traditions were passed passed down and, and just remain. So it would be cool to cool to check out Brazil. I gotta put that on my list. I did a shoot last weekend and uh this woman, this lady, she did a um she did the carnival. Like she was like a carnival performer. Okay. And she told me the difference between Rio and Bahia is like she said Rio is like sleeping with a very beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. And she said, going to Bahia is like finding your soulmate. So she ugly? <laughs> <laughs> like she got a nice personality? Or <laughs> nah, he's like, it's all encompassing. Oh, okay. It's okay. the all encompassing, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought that I've never been to Bahia, but I'm going to go. But um, that's how she explained it. Cool. I was like, ah, okay. Cool. So what are some of your dream destinations? Like what. What is on your to-do list in terms of seeing the world? Africa, definitely. I want to hit South Africa. I want to hit Ghana. Okay. I want to hit uh, like was it Victoria Falls? Mm-hmm. But you know what? I mean, as far as like Africa, because I would like to go everywhere in Africa, really. Right. But I think my earliest destination that I always wanted to go to mm-hmm. is the Galapagos Islands. Really? Yes. Why is that? Because, man, I was very intrigued and fascinated by it and science and reading about Darwin and evolution. And, Look at you, smart man. And uh, <laughs> Science made you want to see the world. It did. Like, from when I was like a teenager, it was just like, man, I want to go there and see the big tortoises and the iguanas. And it's like, a, why do you say our archipelago? Archipelago? Yeah, it's that, what you said. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like... Because of the way that the it's set up, you, you can't, like, like the species are really preserved and they don't have natural predators there. Right. So, you can go out there and just see, like, wild iguanas and all that type of wildlife and you can go snorkeling and it's just you can just see so much of nature in a really, like, raw and pure form right, right there. So, Galapagos Islands, man. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't... The slightest what to expect about the Galapagos Islands, but now I got to do some research. I be trying to challenge myself, like, yo, where can I go that people gonna be like, what? Man. That might be next on the list. Man. Maybe we should go to the Galapagos Islands. Man, it's like a dream. It, that would Maybe be like a we dream. Should make that happen. Like it, it really like I feel a, a feeling of I feel very like endeared. It's like I feel like when I go, it would be like very like life changing for me. Right. For other reasons, because I'm like. Doing something that I wanted to do as a kid, as opposed to when I wanted to go to Africa to kind of like reconnect with my roots and see the motherland and all this beauty and glory. Right. But yeah, man, I may get emotional down the block <laughs> for other reasons. Y'all can't see he got a tear welling up <laughs> on the inner eye. I got, I, got the, I got the glory tear. I've been practicing this Oscar week. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mill, man, it's been great having you on the podcast. Man, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate this. We out here in LA, man. We gotta do this. We gotta do this LA podcast a little more often. You know what I'm saying? We're, yeah, man. We out here and get you some more uh, people to interview, like you don't know them already. <laughs> Soul Society 101, the podcast. We out. Peace. This episode of Soul Society 101, the podcast, is brought to you by Norwegian. Book low-cost flights around the world and enjoy high-quality and affordable comfort while flying Norwegian. Go to Norwegian.com for more.